energy in the the arena tonight was unbelievable. It was crazy, um, and it's, it feels good. Uh, you know, we're happy that we're able to clean here and work. We're happy that we are going to the third round, and uh, we're happy that you know the people are into it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen um, people in Milwaukee be so excited about basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Bucks podcast. My name is KJ Ikestead and I'll be your host. And I'm joined today by my co-host, Alex Ikestead. Alex, how are you feeling after that game two beatdown? Well, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. I mean, 132-98, that was a beatdown in game two. And it wasn't just like a constant beatdown, even though it kind of was, but it was more of like a put them first round knockout you know like yeah you see this a lot in boxing or you see it a lot in uh mma if you follow that and essentially the bucks put them out early and so it was it was a good game it was a fun game there was a lot of exciting you know three pointers a lot of great stuff we can talk about so i'm happy to be on the podcast and thanks for having me yeah no thanks for joining us i mean i kind of said it last night it's almost like the Bucks didn't have a single game like that in the entire 2020 season. And that last night's game, just a pure joy that Bucks fans were experiencing and watching a complete end-to-end domination, you know, well, uh, 48 minutes, well, you know, orchestrated beatdown. That's just a great word for it. Uh, it took us back to 2019 in those playoffs, you know, when the Bucks may have gotten hit in the mouth by the Celtics, but they stormed back for that gentleman's sweep four straight. And even in the, uh, you know, the 2-0 lead versus Toronto, the Bucks dominated in the beginning of that series. And, and right off the bat, I just want to address a point. Uh, the team that wins the first two games goes on to win the series 94% of the time. And there's a lot of, you know, I'll say trolls out there, you know, people out there saying, well, have you forgot about the Toronto series? Well, here's what I have to say to that. Does Kawhi Leonard play for the Miami Heat, Alex? No. Kawhi Leonard does not play for the Miami Heat, and therefore, this is a different scenario. So, a little bit about our show today. We're excited to get into it. We're going to talk the tale of two games, a three-point shooting record, the defense, Drew Holiday, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow. Talk about the bench mob, do our favorite good bucks, bad bucks, and then we might just get to some of these fan responses on Twitter as well before wrapping up and, and touching on some giveaways. Without further ado, let's get into it. So the Milwaukee Bucks absolutely put the Miami Heat in the ground to the point where Charles Barkley even came out and said, the Milwaukee Bucks will sweep the Miami Heat. It was a 34-point victory. You know, the Bucks shot like 42% from three. They shot... 90% from the free throw line, a stark contrast from the 16% and, and like 64% or whatever they shot in the first two, the first game. And, you know, they go from winning by two to winning by 34. And Alex, I just want to throw it to you right away, man. What was your initial reaction to this win? Well, Charles Barkley also made a bet. And I don't know if you caught the post game when they were doing the highlights on TNT, but Charles Barkley said he bet that the Bucks would score less than 32 points in the first quarter. And man, was he wrong. Because Milwaukee ended up going off for 46 points in the first quarter. Miami scored 20. That's a 26-point lead, lead after one quarter. And Bucks fans, that's more points than the Bucks scored in the first quarter 
in game one. The Bucks only scored 22 points total in the first quarter in game one. They come up and lead by 26 after the first quarter in game two. And it was a complete reversal. It was the three-point shot being on. I think that was the one thing that really changed. The defense stayed pretty hard-nosed, you know, similar matchups. But it was essentially... You know, Chris Middleton, three for three from deep. You had the bench mob came out hot, and that just put the game away. So I just was really excited, and, you know, smooth sailing. Always great to get that second win because if the Bucks dropped game two and it's going back to Miami 1-1, mm. I think everyone would be sweating a little bit. What did you think? I mean, like you said, this one was just a tremendous victory in every aspect of the game. So I just want to start with Giannis. 31 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 1 block in only 30 minutes. But more importantly, he came out right away and pulled up and drained a 3 as the Miami yeah. defense sagged off of him. It was almost like he was making a statement in itself right there. Bucks fans lit it up from that point onward. You know, we saw it on the Twitter. Everyone was going crazy. Uh, but really, Giannis set the tone for his teammates and they really balled out for him. You know, Giannis led the way, no doubt. But don't sleep on guys like Drew Holiday either, putting up almost as many assists as the entire, uh, you know, Miami Chris Heat shot the team. ball five times. Chris shot the Chris ball Milton. five times and scored 17 points. <laughs> I mean, I mean, 28. Yeah, Bucks fans, like Chris Middleton, just to show you how good this guy is, four for five from the field, three for three from three, six for six from the line, plus 28, After hitting points. a game winner in game one, like most players around the NBA would be like, okay, I'm getting more of the ball in, after hitting that game winner. Like that's – Chris, no, he's such a good like team player. He just always does what's asked of him, and he was hitting those threes. He was hitting those free throws. Man, is he cold-blooded. Chris is cold-blooded, but the good news is the Bucs didn't really even need him last night. You know, Brooke Lopez, he had a monster game in Game 1. He only had seven points, and he couldn't even make a three last night. That's another tremendous indicator. Drew Holiday couldn't get the lid off. He was 5 for 12. You know, he even had a couple of careless turnovers. But look, we're not going to hate on the guy. He played tremendous. Dante DiVincenzo doing things that didn't show up in the box score. He's still finding his offensive game. Five points, one for six from three. I just want to give a special shout-out to P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker scored three points in addition to playing great defense, in addition to showing tremendous veteran leadership, and the Bucs dominated. You know, if P.J. Tucker can even get that up to, like, six or nine, I truly believe the Bucs can win a championship. And then you got Bobby Portis, snubbed from sixth man of the year. We're not going to really fight too hard or we're not going to die on that sword, you know, as, as whatever – you know, dying that hill. Yeah. Dying that hill, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but a special shout-out to Pat Connington. 15 points in 19 minutes. Five for nine from three. Flying all over the floor. Raining. Making hustle plays that don't show up in the box score. But really, I think you might have to give the game ball to our man, Bryn Forbes. This Absolutely. man had 22 points in 20 minutes with six three-pointers. And the primary, you know, really... He did all of that in, like, the first quarter. Like, he, the, the Bucks came hot. out hard, but it was really Bryn Forbes kind of put the game out of reach. The Bucks just kept passing this guy the ball. He just kept pulling up, and, and like, he just kept going Steph Curry. Steph Curry's not in the playoffs anymore, but Bryn Forbes is. Al, talk, talk a little bit about Bryn Forbes for a sec. Like, what specifically about his game impressed you last night? Well, the thing that really impressed me is I almost – I don't know if this was his first basket because I'm, I'm just kind of thinking back to it, but – 
one of his first it, I think it was his first basket he attacked the lane and shot like a little floater like Bryn Forbes was like you know off the ball and then after he got that bucket that's when Bryn started taking some threes and he's one of these pure shooters who's pretty fearless like uh some guys they kind of launch it up like they almost seem like they're chucking it. But Bryn was looking to shoot it. He was running off screens like he knew he was on. And that is one of the most fun things to watch in basketball when a guy knows he's hot. Mm. And the whole the whole stadium knows he's hot. You know, all the fan bases, everyone watching knows he's hot. And they just want to see him continue to be fed the ball. And, uh, yeah, he was knocking him down six of nine from three. Six threes off the bench. That's championship stuff, and so I think he kind of set the tone, and then Pat came in, Bobby did what he did, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of like there is the bench bomb that was missing in game one. Yeah, and I just want to add that first quarter was so unbelievable. The Bucks actually tied the record for the most three-point makes in the first quarter with 10, and all while playing great defense. Like This game was truly... You can never really call a game out of reach in the first quarter, but for what a first quarter barometer is, the Bucks Pretty close. <laughs> you know, that was like as close as you could possibly get to a guarantee. Uh, it was funny because Reggie Miller, you know, Reggie Miller made a comment. It just the, the atrociousness of the beatdown, Reggie Miller was just like, look, if Dwayne Dedman is your second leading scorer, who he ended up actually leading the, the Heat with 19 points, that's why you're down 30. And, like, that was, like, an incredible dig at Dwayne Dedman, who, like, you know, he's not the best player. He's he hustled the... his ass off last night. Yeah, but he's not the worst player. And, no, like, no. Unfortunately, he got, like, the brunt of that dig. And, uh, you know, fans just love that. We actually threw that off eight bucks. But, but really, this is just, like, a dominating mm. win. Al, let's talk good bucks, bad bucks, man. You know, it's so hard to pick, but, but give, us some, give us some good bucks. Good bucks. Okay defensive strategy from coach bud so i've kind of noticed where has been jimmy butler i mean this guy all of a sudden with Giannis guarding him and i want to i want to throw this question out to bucks fans do you believe it was coach bud's decision or do you believe it was Giannis telling coach bud i want to guard the best player because now Giannis has chris andrew to rely mm-hmm. on Giannis can almost embrace more of a DPOY role and really take on the other team's best player. In years past, it was almost like, okay, Giannis is doing everything out there for the Bucks. We need him to almost conserve some energy. Conserve some energy. Yeah. But but now Giannis is embracing guarding the other team's best player. I mean, he was swatting Jimmy. He's keeping him out of the lane. And he's making his life hard out there. Jimmy, like... Big fan of Jimmy Butler, but he looks lost. You know, he, he he doesn't look confident. And it's almost like the Bucks defense, whether it's Drew picking them up uh, full court, whether it's guys like uh, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Pat Connington, just kind of staying close to their guys at all time. Even P.J. Tucker coming in just going ham. Going ham. Uh, I feel like it's kind of killed the Heat's swagger that they had last season like last season they came with a much more like we cannot be stopped this year it's almost like okay the bucks might stop you so well, uh that's my well, good box is the defense that i've yeah. seen so, so i just want to kind of put an analogy out there this what's happening in this series and what's what happened last year is the equivalent of one of the teams 
sucker punching the other team, you know? And like, so last year, essentially Miami came out and smacked Milwaukee when they weren't expecting it in the mouth. And then Milwaukee goes down and it's almost like an MMA fight where Conor McGregor just starts going ham on Cowboy Cerrone or something. And, you know, the, before you can even react, the Bucks are just like already down before they even know what happened. They're just t- getting blows. They can't get back them. up. Yeah. Well, in this exact opposite thing ha- is happening this year where the Bucks smacked Mo- uh, Miami. They, they didn't smack them in game one. That was a hard fought victory. But last night they smacked them and essentially they were already down. And obviously it's much easier to do that uh, if your opponent is already down. And we don't condone violence in any manner, but just to draw a par- parallel for the fans. Um, that's kind of how it is. You know, this isn't really like two guys standing up in the boxing ring, you know, going, <laughs> going like, you know, that, that was Floyd McGregor, and... Floyd against Conor McGregor when Conor's taking, trying to stand up in that seventh round and just taking beating after beating in yeah, the like face. This isn't even that. This is like, oh. like last year, the Bucks got slammed to the ground and are just getting like blows rained down on them until they had to tap out. And then this year, the exact same thing looks like it's happening to the Miami Heat. I don't know if it'll be a sweep. I'm not going to make that uh, commitment just yet, but I do believe the Bucks win this series, and I think it's going to be five or six games. Um, Al, you know, I guess, I, I guess I'll have to go for some good Bucks, just as I asked you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My good Bucks. just the fact that the Bucks put the pedal to the floor in game two. You know, like, it, it could have been... We didn't really know what was going to happen just because the Bucks, frankly, didn't really play that well in game one. Like, they ended up getting the win on a Chris Middleton miracle, right? It, yeah. was, like, it was like they landed that unbelievable, unexpected drop kick or something. and Drew the, the card that went, you needed. Yeah. The crowd just went, wow, yeah, he drew the ace in the final hand, you know. And uh, that's just my good Bucks. I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I really can't recall a playoff game or even many games in general in, in the, the calendar year 2020 with the same kind of uh, stakes on the line where the Bucks really just rose to the occasion and exerted their dominance in a, in a setting that actually progressed them towards a championship. You know, I would have to go back to 2019. So my good Bucks, just to double down, is, is the start to finish. Uh, just, just excellence the Bucks displayed. And kind of like we touched on, Brooke Lopez, Dante, some of these guys, I mean, they could all play better. You know, they, they really could play better. Chris was like, yeah, took a few shots, let my teammates have some fun in this one, but I could take a few more shots next game. Um, Al, so on the flip side of that, let's talk some bad bucks. Did you have any bad bucks whatsoever? Oh, man. I mean, it, it's hard to really pinpoint <laughs> some bad bucks after game two, but I would just say there's potential for a lot of bad bucks in game three. So Shaquille O'Neal, he thinks the Heat are going to come back and even up the series in Miami and take it whatever you want, you know. And so that's coming from the Shaq, 2-2 after Miami. That's what he predicts. And you know after getting smacked like Miami did in game two that they're going to come out hot at home and it'll be where what do the bucks show up. And I think one thing that is kind of like my bad bucks is – um, is the streaky shooting. And the reason I say that is because a lot of the threes that came in game two came from the bench. Giannis was mm-hmm. one for seven. Drew was one for four. Dante was one for six. Luckily, Chris was three for three, but Brooke was 0 for three. And so if you take the starters, that is six for 23 from the starters. That's less than, uh, that's about that's 25%. Like yeah. yeah, if you take the bench, on the other hand, uh, let me just quick do some math. That's four, that's five, nine, 15, 16 threes from the bench squad. 
And so when you're getting that offensive power from the bench, 16 threes, I worry that it will disappear on the road because there's a tendency in playoffs where the benches show up at home and they show up in big numbers because they get into it because of the crowd. But then on the road, it's almost like you can't even play some of these guys. So I really just want to see some consistency out of the Bucks here going into Miami. I'd love to see them come out with a game three win. Um, and so, yeah, that's my no. bad box. You got any? Yeah, I mean, I really, really, really had to think hard. I thought before this podcast, I was like, I really don't think I have any bad bucks. But that would not be... <laughs> That would not be really doing a service to the fans in the sense of just being truly objective. And, and I found some bad bucks. And, uh, you know, Lopez, Dante, they could absolutely play Dante, better. Yeah. But, but I'm, you know, they're, they're kind of starring in their roles right now. I don't want to say starring in their roles because they could play better. But, you know, I'm not going to hate on them. What I am going to nitpick for my bad bucks, because, frankly, a game like last night, the Bucks game two victory over Miami – Grasping for straws. We're grasping like for straws at Bad Bucks, but here's what I'm going to do. For the second game in a row, Drew Holiday, a normal sure handler, sure fire ball handler, had like two in back-to-back games, you know, plays where he kind of like did like a mid-air jump and like heaved the ball straight to a Miami defender, which ignited a fast break. And Bucks fans, if you go back and watch the tape, you'll you know, you'll you'll understand what I talk about. You'd have to really look hard for this, but it's there. Um, and essentially, I'm not really trying to hate on Drew Holiday one bit. That's no, by no means any digs at Drew Holiday. It's just like, you know, he could play a little better, you know, and he could shoot a little better game one and game two. Uh, I have full confidence in Drew Holiday. I, I'm really excited to just watch him bring everything he brings to our playoff team this year. And Charles and Shaq were both talking how the team is built for the playoffs. And we've, we've touched on this time and time again throughout our Bucks podcast during the season. This Bucks team is built for the playoffs. You know, we were, we were the last two years, we we're kind of trying to break all those regular season records. Like we we're almost trying to erase the narrative that the Bucks are like a team that no draft pick would want to go to, you know, for years we had to battle through that. Even guys like Sam Decker saying they didn't want to play for the Bucks, which is honestly crazy now. Cause we I know Sam, but it's like, <laughs> man, I bet you he'd love to be on the Bucks. but like yeah. the Bucks had that reputation for so long. And in coach Bud's first two years, it was like the Bucks completely rewrote the narrative that this was like a sorry, sad franchise. And uh, this year was different in the sense where it's not about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. And, and so that's my bad bucks, just a nitpick. Uh, to, to throw it back into something really interesting, and I mentioned this yesterday or on our previous podcast, the Miami Heat are probably going to be the toughest defense the Bucks face all playoffs. So it just really bodes well in terms of, you know, their resistance should get a little easier. Whereas the stakes may get higher and they may need to bring more intensity themselves in the defensive end. I think their offensive game will come easier, especially savvy players like Lopez, like Drew Holiday, especially like Chris Middleton, who kind of take what the defense gives them. You know, you know Brooklyn's going to be porous. Uh, you know that, I mean, my, Philadelphia, I think they're going to be a challenge, but I don't think they play as good a D, all things considered. I don't think they're as well built for the playoffs. It's kind of like that point you just said about, like, there are some teams that are built for the regular season. I think we saw the jazz drop game one um to the grizzlies and it's like some teams john moran's for real man yeah but i would just say like the jazz almost the denver nuggets almost Mm -hmm. uh it's like some of these teams they're built to have great records and the bucks were almost that in the past uh the past past two seasons They, they were better than almost every team they played 
But when the going got tough and it was only against the elite of the elite teams, that's when the Bucks were started to, I guess, be exposed a little bit. And this team right now, just from what I'm kind of seeing in the early stages of the playoffs, they have three legit stars and people are sleeping on the supporting cast. I think this is like the first year in a while that the supporting cast has kind of not been the focal point. Like last year and I think the year before, it was like the Bucks have a ton of depth. You know, they've got uh, – who do they start? You know, they've got all these good role players. Um, and now it's almost like these guys are good, but they're not getting as much credit. So they're just going about their business off the bench. Yep. And, and uh, the three stars are really taking the – the full spotlight. So I really like the Bucks' chances. Well, and it's just almost interesting because one of our, our listeners, one of our followers on Twitter made a really, really, really good point as it pertained to Dante and Pat. And he says that a lot of their hate, so to speak, comes from people who just look at the shooting stat line because a lot of what Dante does, uh, you know, the hustle plays and what Pat does, like the diving into the crowd, throwing off tough the ball rebounds. off the Miami Heat player, tough rebounds soaring in. You know, that doesn't really show up in the box score. It shows up as rebound. It shows up as, like, you know, Dante's case. like he Turnover. Because <laughs> yeah, he tried I, to save a ball or something. And, uh... and and so, like, shout to that fan. Shout to that follower for making that really good point. It was good to be reminded of that because a lot of what these guys do doesn't appear in the box score. And ultimately, that's how you win championships. It's doing those little things that Kobe Bryant would tell you. You know, they used to say that Kobe Bryant would sit in the back of the plane and call his teammates back, you know, Ron Artest, Pau Gasol, you name it, and would just nitpick tiny little things about the film. Just nitpick, say, hey, I need you to do this better. Hey, you're doing this wrong. Hey, this. And honestly, in today's day and age, a lot of these players would really not care for that. You know, they might, they might even try and say that, I don't want to play with Kobe. You know, even though every player gives the highest respect to Kobe, that's just how Kobe Bryant was. You know, that was like yeah. the first-hand account the of standard him. he held. The standard of excellence he held, and ultimately the man had several championships and is considered one of the greatest ever. And, you know, that's how you win championships. It's those little things that, uh, frankly, Pat and Dante and P.J. Tucker, I'll give them a ton of credit, are bringing right now. I just want to take a moment to, to ask anyone if they've seen Tyler Harrell because I heard this guy went missing. Al, have you seen Tyler Harrell? I mean, I saw his family. I saw his dad coming out of the, the woman's bathroom. <laughs> Someone I mean, that was just like, sent that to us. I, I was uh, just like, like how, do you, how do you just do that? And he, he's just acting like, he's like, no, no big deal. I just kind of came out of the woman's bathroom. Like That's when you're invincible. That's when you feel like, <laughs> you're like, my son's Tyler Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I want what he's having, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's some good confidence. Uh, but uh, yeah. No, going back to the player, Tyler, here, he was one for five. And he's one of those players that, yeah, we might be joking, having our laughs in about Tyler Hero right now, who we have respect for. We do. Shout out to him being a Milwaukee kid. Yeah. Um, but he's one of these players that at home in Miami, he might look real good. Because uh, he's going to be playing in some of the f fans. He's going to be playing some of the people he knows locally. And it's one thing to have your family there, but it's another thing to have your city there. Mm -mm. So I think Tyler Hero, you have to keep an eye on him. But uh, he was missing in Milwaukee, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I think it just goes back to that analogy we had earlier about like one of these teams getting sucker punched and like 
you know, just kicking them when they're down. Like, that was what Tyler Harrow was doing last year. He was kind of, like, (laughs) benefiting from, like, Jimmy Butler's sucker punch in the Bucks, And then, like, you know, speaking of sucker punch, I just want to call out the Miami Heat for multiple dirty plays yesterday. And it's just no place for that. You know, you go in Drogic is trying to, like, act like he's not doing anything. He's literally, like, clamping down on Chris's leg. I mean, that's dirty. I know. That was dirty. Yeah, you know, and and also Trevor Ariza. I didn't think this was quite as bad, but yeah, you know, kind of just grabbing Giannis and then doing like the push up. I thought it was near the groin area, so that's what I was kind of you know I was like, whoa, man, like don't make Giannis slug you one. Well, uh, I we, did we, see that Giannis stepped on. Uh, he was jumping on Trevor Ariza's leg when he was getting a rebound. So ooh. Ariza, he did, he's never struck me as a hot player. He's always no, struck no, me no. as almost a cool player, like. Uh, he just goes about his, at the end of the day. Yeah, a veteran goes about his business. So that was him just kind of like... Probably frustration. Frustration. He had zero points. He was a minus 25. He had Yikes. 0 for 3 from the field. So Trevor Ariza, definitely Giannis got under his skin. Um, so, but uh, yeah, the Chris Middleton thing with Dragic, that was just like... It's like a foreigner. Why is it always why is always Dragic try, like trying to trip the guy or something? You know, like well, it, it's just it's just like a different craft. You know, it's I don't know if maybe there's any rhyme or reason to it, but it's like you know maybe there's just not as many cameras in Slovenia or something where they're not going to capture the obvious angle of him clamping down on Chris's leg. It's like, bro, come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, After he's just, he was holding onto his jersey and like, oh. yeah, for real. And then I actually forgot Chris Middleton got decked in the face with an elbow, and they're all all the Heat players like, what? It's like what? It was, <laughs> Chris it was gets like no one goals. replay, one <laughs> replay. It was all it took to say like that. You know, for better or for worse, is a flagrant. So, so all those things kind of helped the Bucks yesterday, but it's not like they were unearned. And and I kind of want to just give a shout out to our Twitter uh, Twitter following. Um, I asked them if you could give the Bucks any message after that game two, what would it be? And uh, I'll just go through some of these responses. Zach Jackowitz, he said he's uh, at Bucks Caps thirty two. He said, "No mercy." It's a picture of I believe that's Kurt Russell from a movie. Uh, Drew Holiday season. Tall Steve 17 said, no mercy, all caps. Um, let's see. Landock 88 said, I'd all love, gas, no brakes, baby. I, I, I don't have it pulled up, but I loved, I did see the one with the uh, coach from Miracle on the ice that said, again. Wow. That, like, I would love to see the Bucks do it again. Yeah, Michael Hall's taking a little bit of a, you know, hardcore approach where he's saying, step on next, bully the bullies, and don't stop. It's like. All right, you know, <laughs> like, like, I want to win too. I want to win too. <laughs> MKE Kendrick says, finish him. Looks like he's got like a Mortal Kombat video of a guy just kicking this guy in the face over and over again. Brian Owens, he's got a remember the Titans uh, defensive coordinator, or he might be offensive coordinator. The guy that's not Denzel Washington saying, <laughs> leave no doubt. Foot never comes yeah, off yeah. the title next two games. So. Yeah. So uh, Josh O, which is Dude Man Fifty, said, "Keep calm and don't Mike McCarthy this thing." Hey, you know we we, we hear you, we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I saw that. I was like, I wonder what he means by that, Mike McCarthy. You know? Yeah, oh, maybe prevent defense or something. Ooh, uh, ooh yeah, no time for that. Uh, Cheek uh, Seeker, it's kind of a funny Twitter name. Cheek Seeker, JB thirteen <laughs> Swish. That's a picture of Kylo Ren screaming out. More. <laughs> Obi uh, Dom Kenobi says, "Sweep these mother." And he's got he's got a picture of a uh, Starsky and Hutch Ben Stiller saying, "Do it, 
do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, you know, Cass, Sundance Kid 42, says, do what you just did for the next 14 games. We love to hear that. That was a great response. Cass, uh, Garrett, whose Twitter handle is at BigTime98, says, y'all boys giving the heat the business. Flex on them, boys. Uh, let's see. Let's see. This guy says, it's only one game. All gas, no break. Back to work you tomorrow. You get the Kobe Bryant? Three. Kobe Bryant says, job's not finished. You know, that's the best part about Kobe is, like, he will not. He would not have any fun in a game like last night. He's like, look, I'll have, I'll have fun when I have my next trophy, and then I won't even have fun when I have my next trophy because I want, like, 20 trophies. You yeah, know? he's like Zlatan. They just have that mentality of just, man, dude, they just know the right thing to say about the tone. They set the tone for their teams. Uh, and uh, that's the mentality. The job is not finished. There is no time to celebrate yet. And uh, even though Bucks fans, we're, we're having some fun on this podcast – we know that things could easily spin around and uh, flip back the other way, but we're, we're hopeful that they keep the momentum going. And I think they can. You know, it's almost like last year was adversity, like the week, the year before was adversity against Kawhi Leonard. Um, and if they don't learn from adversity two years in a row, whether that be Coach Bud with his adjustments, whether that be Giannis with just his mentality and giving it everything he has, whether it be Chris, you know, assuming the big shots, whether it be Drew Holiday finally getting a chance at a championship, whether it be all the role players who are still there saying, wow, it's a miracle I'm still here. You know, and I look at a guy like Pat Connington, who we've, you know, gotten to know a little bit. He, he's, a, he's a guy who could very well be off this team. You know, like in the offseason last year to this year, and the Bucks resigned him. And I think Pat may have had those exact thoughts where, you know, it's a privilege to be on a team that could win a championship. You know, because like even oh, yeah. a playoff team, there's only maybe four or five teams who could truly win a championship. And these guys don't take that for granted. So to kind of wrap up my point, um, you know, the adversity, not just of the last year, not just of the year before, but just both those years has, has really helped the team I think just be up 2-0 in this position through adversity. Like, there has been adversity in the playoffs already, and the Bucks are uh, looking okay. So I just want to read off one more because I love it. Yeah. Kelly Porter says, just get it done. And that is exactly how I feel about it. Just get it done. Uh, that's what the Bucks need to do. Alex, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I have. And here's a, another reason why I feel confident is – Bam Adebayo, who caused all sort of headaches for the Bucks last playoff series, he's kind of getting the Giannis treatment right now. So he's being left open and baited into taking these mid-range jumpers. Lopez is kind of it. just hanging out there and just letting Bam, like, and he doesn't have that part of his game yet. And yet he is a, he's the number two star for Miami, if you uh, look at it like that. And so... It's almost like the Bucks have started to figure out Miami a little bit like Miami did last year. It's almost like time has uh, – this is not going to be a repeat of what happened last year. And I think the Bucks are determined to make sure that happens. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. Game three is on the 27th. So a uh, couple days. And I just want to update everyone about the rest of the playoff standings. Maybe we can go around quick to a – a quick round about what's going down in the NBA, like Brooklyn. As long as, as long as we don't talk about LaFlop. Yep, Br- Brooklyn. <laughs> Br- Br- Brooklyn takes on Boston today. Uh, that's one zero. Brooklyn leads. 
Uh, also in the East, Atlanta's up 1-0 on the Knicks. That ha- that game is going to go down tomorrow. Philadelphia will take on Washington. Uh, that uh, That's also tomorrow. Um, then on the Western side, there's Phoenix, Los Angeles. Phoenix is up 1-0 there. That's a series there. to keep an eye on. That's a series to keep an eye on. Yep. LaFlop James, I just got to throw it in there. It's a disgrace what he's doing lately. And this is coming from someone who really, really, really enjoyed watching LeBron play growing up. And he's a fun player to watch. But, like, sometimes he just he makes it so hard, man. He really just <laughs> makes it so hard. <laughs> moving past moving past him. Uh, Dallas leads 1-0 over the Clippers. Clippers are definitely going to look to uh, bounce back. In that one, and then Utah is down 1-0 against Memphis. Denver and Portland are tied one apiece. So the Bucks are the only 2-0 series right now. So love it. That's a good thing, <laughs> you know. Could not be that, that way. That, yeah, so. it could not be that way. And uh, let's hope let's hope the Bucks just win Game Three. I think Game Three is going to be their biggest challenge yet because we're going to get everything the Miami Heat have. They know that teams that go down 3-0 don't win, and I think everyone knows that the Bucks were part of that data last year you know you go down 3-0 you don't win <laughs> you can say you're gonna come back everyone but knows you ain't, you ain't coming back, back. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't coming back so so i just want to give a quick shout out to all these fans all around the world just listening Thank you guys. From all these yeah. countries united states mexico united kingdom canada australia norway saint lucia and the caribbean turning in tuning in Philippines, we're seeing some more activity from the Philippines. Thanks for listening, guys. Sweden, Nigeria, Germany, Greece, Ireland, Serbia, Spain, Argentina, Switzerland, New Zealand, Finland, Denmark, Morocco, South Korea, Cyprus, Ghana, Saudi Arabia, France, Hungary, Portugal, Gambia, Taiwan, Bulgaria, Thailand, Chile, Hong Kong, Turkey, Uganda, Brazil, the Netherlands, and Japan. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ike Bucks podcast is exploding, and it's because of all you fine people just really showing love from all around the world. I mean, these countries, we're, we're seeing a lot of people tune in from places that are new. You know, like Uganda, for example. That's a new one. Uh I don't know. You know, we have multiple And we're seeing podcasts. people stay up late to watch the games. How about yeah. that? Like, drop a flag, Bucks fans, you, international fans, you still up on, and they were up. Um, so, yeah, yeah I just, mad I just respect to everybody special, out there. Special shout out to Marcus, Drew Holligoat in Norway. He's like, yo, it's 4.30 a.m. right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, you know, rest in I paradise, Colby. Mickey Bricks 25. He says it's, you know, it's 3.26 when, when he liked that tweet. The Nasty Burner at NBA Captain says, I have to work in four hours. It's 4 a.m. here. And then... At least you know, with the work a happy man. <laughs> exactly. You know, at least, at least he's got some people to banter with the Bucks with. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. I hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> at least he got eight bucks and yeah. then lastly uh rusako so i just want to give a special shout out for him in greece tuning in it was 5 30 a.m when this gentleman finally hit the hay last night so <laughs> this morning actually that that was it's funny because that wasn't even 12 hours ago you know rusako was up between that eight bucks and He's still um, sleeping <laughs> And just a tremendous listener base all around the world, a tremendous group of people supporting this team, sharing the same dream, bringing people together 
shout to the Deer District, you know, hopping. Let's get the Pfizer rocking. Let's keep it going. Keep being Loud Bucks fans. Keep tuning in. Keep dropping those flags. We're really excited to just be on this run with you guys. And, and you know that we're going to be right here with you on Ike Bucks. So, yep. uh, Alex, thanks again for joining me. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Bucks fans. And without, uh, actually, before we wrap up, I just want to tell everyone to check out Badgers and Friends. It's a really cool series we have going on our Ike Badgers podcast. We actually just interviewed Joe Schobert, the NFL's uh, leading tackler from a few years ago, pro bowler, signed a $50 million-plus deal with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. He's got a really cool story because he's actually from our hometown. Walked on, had zero scholarship offers out of high school. He could only go to North Dakota State as a walk-on. And he ended up getting the last-minute walk-on opportunity at Wisconsin, turned himself into a first-team All-American, got drafted by the Browns, went 1-31 in his first two years. But his second two years, he, he helped play a huge part in their resurgence. So just an incredible story that tells you to never give up on your dreams and always believe in yourself despite no matter, no matter how stacked the odds are against you. And then Ike Packers, you know, there's an Aaron Rodgers saga going on, in case you guys didn't yes. realize. And uh, we actually just dropped our thoughts on that. Uh, Ike Brewers, the Brewers are starting to play better. So there's, a, there's some optimism there. I know they just acquired a shiny new shortstop. It's going to be exciting there. It's always I, fun. And then there are multiple giveaways running as well. So make sure to check those out on the accounts. And uh, lastly, IkePodcastNetwork.com. Excuse me. That's IkePodcastNetwork.com. If you guys want to learn how to make your own podcast, you can download our free case study. It's 100% free. It kind of shows you some of the details, the methods we might use, and how you can apply them to your own podcast. And you can also learn more about Ike in general. So... Uh, thank you again, everyone all around the world for joining. It's an exciting ride and it's just getting started. So without further ado, we'll catch you next time. Fear the deer.